Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're talking with the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, about USC's bounce-back win against Utah State coming home to the Coliseum. Want to get your thoughts? You guys sent in a bunch of questions. If you want to write us, let us know what you're thinking about this team. Podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address, or you can call us at 641-715-3900, extension 816. 646 or go to our website peristylepodcast.com click on the left side of the page and leave a voicemail right from your computer or device we're on itunes itunes.com slash podcast we're on google play audio boom uh stitcher radio lots of different ways to consume the show we do appreciate you guys listening and a lot of interest we've been getting voicemails and emails about the team try to keep them short we can't read paragraphs and paragraphs on the Peristyle, I mean, on the Peristyle podcast, if you want to do that, you can go to the Peristyle on uscfootball.com, our huge premium message board. You want to write pages of stuff on there? That's a great place to do it. All right, well, let's bring in the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde. What's up, Coach? How are you doing? Well, Ryan, here we go again. Week number three of college football weekend. Uh, the first two weeks, well, I got to say we've had a lot of wow games, a lot of, what do you want to say, statement games. We've had some upsets. We've had uh, really uh, college Football's got a lot of parity going on, and it gets uh, more interesting every week. It does, and if you want to go out and get some of that, see some of that interest in college football, you can go to our sponsor for a long time, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com, 1-800-888-7287. Go check them out, sctickets.com, if you want to go see some of that interesting college football around the country, sctickets.com can help you out. You might just want to go to the Rose Bowl to see UCLA, or if you're down in Texas, go see some of the teams down there, A&M or Texas, wherever. Wherever you are, go to sctickets.com, and they can help help you out. And, uh, Coach, yeah, I don't know if there's, like, a great team. I mean, Alabama looks like a great team, but everyone else certainly has their flaws. Even Nick Saban wasn't all that happy with Alabama's. I think it was 38-10 to 10 win over Western Kentucky. But they seem like the, the class of college football that USC got to see in week one. I don't know if anyone else is really that good. Well, you know, you can see why Nick Saban and Alabama's who they are. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to think uh, that you played a good game when you didn't play a good game. And as you can tell, uh, if you watched the game or saw highlights of the game, you know, he wasn't exactly happy not only with his team, but with his coaches on the way they prepared and the way they had their team ready to play. Because they spend the most time with the players individually and getting them mentally ready to play. Uh, you could see a little bit of a chewing that he gave Lane Kiffin on the sideline, and after the game in the post conference, uh, conference they said uh, post game conference they said, uh, "What was the argument about on the sideline?" He says there was no argument, and if people saw that, there an argument takes two people talking to each other. <laughs> Lane Kiffin didn't say one word, so that's the way that he disciplines his team, and he knows, and he can do that, and he can get away with that because of who he is, and. That's why they who they are, Alabama. When you have great talent, you've got to get that talent to perform. 
You've got to put them in a position where they can perform. You can't play sloppy, which they played sloppy. He was embarrassed. In fact, he said it was one of the most embarrassing performances he's been a part of. Fumble, drop passes, all those little things is what makes a difference between winning and losing. And I think this is what uh, a great example for people to find out and learn about. Yeah, for sure, Coach. Um, it's uh... – it's, it's, it's a machine there in Alabama, so I, I don't know. Maybe USC fans won't feel too bad about getting pasted by them in game one. We'll see what they do uh, the rest of the way. I um, want to talk about the USC game, obviously, bouncing back, and I wanted to uh, thank – we have another sponsor, uh, mybookie.net. They started with us last week uh, on the show, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information later on, but I started using them. So if you go to the site, mybookie.net, um, you can use the promo code TROJANS and uh, be entered into their million-dollar prize pool. So it's kind of cool stuff. I started last week, and I'll give you a little update on my bets that didn't go all that well. But if football season, you want to get in some action here, mybookie.net's a great way to do it, and you can do it for free, so it's kind of fun. So I'll give you a little, little more information about that later on. But, um, Coach, I mean, that, I wasn't sure how this team would bounce back. That was one of the, the big questions. You know, When you lose like that to Alabama, do you, have you lost the team? It did not look like Clay Helton lost the team. It looks like they're still bought in. Obviously not the same level of opponent, uh, but I thought Utah State could be a real dangerous team. And uh, they got some athletes and um, can certainly do some things. But the defense played great. Uh, I think the offense got things going and you know, probably helped by a sparking special teams play earlier in the game with the block punt. Uh, but what did you think about how this team kind of bounced back from the opening loss to Alabama? Well, Ryan, I think it's always good when you win. You know, uh, you can win ugly, but it's still great to win. I thought they improved. I thought they came out and uh, executed better. I thought there was more rhythm as far as on the offensive side of the football. Uh, I thought the defense again played well. Utah State tried to give them a lot of different type of formations and move around and spread the defense and throw a lot of quick screens to take away how physical they were up front and, uh, and all the stunning that they try to do, uh, as far as, uh, and, and the final statistics of the game prove that out as far as when you look at the stats and see how many yards they gain rushing and so and so and so. But, but on the offensive side of the ball, I thought that, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that USC did some things better. I think they started to run more north and south better. They need to run north and south. They need to run at people. They've got to become more physical. They tried to become more physical. Uh, they got away for, from it at times, but I think the second quarter, they had nice rhythm and a nice drive when they scored a touchdown. I was especially um, pleased with the special teams. The special teams accounted for 17 points. Uh, I'll give that block punt by Michael Pittman to the uh, defense as far as scoring. Uh, the the punt return by Adore Jackson. And let me tell you, Utah State has an outstanding punter. He punted the ball really exceptionally well. Uh, Adore Jackson really didn't touch one punt except for the one he returned. He looked fantastic in doing that punt return. The blocking was set up nice. He hit the seam, and it was great. And then, of course, the field goal. So when you get 17 points on with special teams' help, that certainly helps the look and the outcome of the football game. Uh, I think that they need to develop the offense a little bit farther as far as being able to have some type of more two-back type of offense and have more backs in the flat, have more backs involved in their passing game, 
have some counteraction or have something in their offense to hold the backside so the backside can't pursue all the time. They ran a jet uh, sweep, I think, once. And I was disappointed on fourth down when they had to pass the ball against Utah State. Maybe they didn't have the confidence to run the ball for a first down. They got the first down when they threw the ball to Stevie Mitchell. I thought that was out good, a good play. They got the first down. One thing, too, I liked is the way they spread the ball around. Uh, they utilized all their other receivers. It wasn't just trying to force the ball to Juju Smith. Disappointed about the amount of uh, tight uh, ball that, balls they throw to the tight end. While the middle of the field, you've got to hit the middle of the field. They're not doing that again to the middle of the field. Well, let's jump into the questions, Coach. And uh, you kind of talked about this with the you know your desire to see this team huddle. Tarek wrote in. He said, if Clay Helton wants to be a run-first team, why didn't he go to a pro-style coordinator to implement that type of offense with this personnel? Well, you know, when you look at it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you say a pro-style coordinator, uh, T. Martin really isn't a basically a T. Uh, pro-style coordinator. You know, when you look at the staff currently on the offensive side of the football at USC, you've got the head coach, Clay Helton, who over the last several years, I don't know how many years, for seven years, uh, coached with uh, Lane Kiffin, worked uh, worked with uh, Steve Sarkeesian as an offensive coordinator, and, and himself. Well, basically, that's the offense he knows. And if you watch USC's offense, it hadn't changed at all. It's the same thing. Uh, I don't want to go through all the details, of which, are, which are new, because there aren't very many, except I love that middle screen they ran the the other day it was perfect timing and they ran it they ran it perfectly and it went right down the field and scored these are the type of things you have to have to diversify your offense but they're all running the same type of uh, offense it's the same thing because that's what they came up after uh, as and that's what they are and uh as i've said if you're going to be physical i think it all starts with not trying to quick people or out smart people, it comes to being the real physical. And that starts from a huddle. So it's coming out to the line of scrimmage and understanding what you're going to do and, and come out and do that. And currently right now, they don't believe in that philosophy. Um, Coach, there's a lot of talk about the offensive line. A lot of questions we're getting about the offensive line. This one comes in. It's kind of harsh, to be honest, but it's very specific about one player. We'll talk about the whole offensive line, too, with some other questions. But let me play this one for you and get your thoughts. Here you go. Hi, this is Richard from Toluca Lake. This is for the coach. Uh, maybe you can explain what all the uh, hype is on uh, Zach Banner, All-American Honors. I watched him last year. He was good for at least two penalties a game. Uh, this year he got torched in the Alabama game. He had a holding penalty offsides on Saturday and was consistently beaten by an inferior uh, guy who was playing across from him. I realize he's the tallest and largest guy that's ever played for SC, but uh, explain why there's all the All-American hype, and uh, I just don't see it. I've watched SC football for 60 years, and he doesn't fall on the same line as all those All-American offensive linemen they've had. Enjoy the program and fight on. Well, thank you very much, and I, I think basically what all the hype's about is they're hoping to come back and be physical, and they're looking for a Munoz. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're looking for a Brad Buddy. They're looking for a Ron Yeri. They're looking for someone to sort of lead the offensive line and <clears throat> um, be that person. Uh, I sort of agree with you. I, I don't see that uh, type of individual 
in um, Banner. I think he's trying to do that as far as being a leader, like I've talked about, and you and you know that I don't really know who the leader is on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line through preseason publications have been really pushed as far as being one of the top offensive lines in the nation. I think that's what really motivated Alabama's defensive line. But uh, I, I haven't seen them ever live up to what the reputation is, and, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be honest on what I've seen. But I don't think they're being helped either. And what I mean by that, by the style of offense you're running, that these guys aren't real agile type of guys. These guys uh, have trouble moving around. So I think what you've got to do is help them by letting them come off the line of scrimmage and driving because of their great size and supposed strength, which I'd like to see, drive people backwards and own the line of scrimmage rather than going laterally down the line of scrimmage and pushing people. I'd like to see uh, USC run more, more north and south and be able to be more physical and with a push get the extra yard and push people backwards. But uh, uh, I agree with you 100%. He's not really quick uh, afoot. I think he's a better left tackle than he is a right tackle. I think he should be over there, but for some reason they're playing him over there. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, you know, let's see how they do. Now, it's it's they did all right against Utah State, but Utah State is in Alabama. And Utah State's not going to be and, – and, uh, and it's not going to be Stanford. And it's not going to be Utah. I mean, these are great defensive fronts they're going to find. Now, can they live up to the bill of billing and – and challenge these guys and have a world war in the line of scrimmage because this is what they're going to be facing. So, you know, when you talk being physical, you got to be physical and you got to evaluate the personnel you have and how best you can use that personnel. You know, they're, best, they're not real good at pulling and leading through and hitting moving targets or getting to the second level. So what you got to do is come after people and and then run straight ahead and try to dominate the line of scrimmage. And by doing that and running more from an eye type of formation with a two-back set or with an eye like a pistol set, you allow these guys to tie up front and you allow your offensive skilled running back to take advantage of where the seam is by breaking out or breaking in. You notice that on one play when it's fourth and one, uh, Justin Davis the other day broke to the outside on his own where there really wasn't a hole upside inside and broke to the outside and got the first down. So you've got to be able to allow your skilled players to take advantage of what their abilities are and not put them at a disadvantage, but put them at, at an advantage. And the same thing with the offensive line. It's best to play action pass with these type of linemen than it is to drop back and pass. Because first of all, you don't have the physical type of backs to pick up 250-pound blitzing linebackers or stunning linebackers. So it's better for you to play action pass and get outside of where the rush is coming and, and help these guys rather than put them in a position where they can't really, uh, they don't have the skills to do what sometimes you're asking them to do. Um. Kind of along those lines, Coach, Tyler and Sammamish wrote in. He said, might the apparent ineptitude uh, of our offensive line be traceable to modern zone-blocking schemes? Some of us remember the good old days of fire-off-the-ball line play 
seems a very few schools take this approach now, Stanford and Michigan. It seems to me that the zone read offense leads to very techniquey rather than smash mouth line play that we'd all love to see. Thoughts, Tyler? Well, I think that's basically what I was talking about, too. Uh, yes, you're exactly right. It's a whole different type of technique, and and it's not. It's more pushing than it is blocking. It's more pushing people with your arms, and you can extend your arms and go from one person to the next. And some people do it very well, especially if you're athletic, and you can move around and go from one person to the next person and hit the second level and lead through and do the things that are necessary. Uh, sometimes you don't have those skills to be as good at that that other offensive linemen are because of the size of who you are and what you do. So uh, I think you've got to be able to do what fits your personnel. You always hear me talk about that. From the quarterback position down, the running backs, the quarterback, you know, you're running an offense, and, and I hate to repeat myself, uh, but I'm just telling you, you're running an offense that doesn't fit your quarterback skills as far as being able to be that athletic quarterback with this offense. You see it every weekend. You guys watch these quarterbacks that run off of this offense and, and utilize their skills on a, this, this. You really have an extra person that's very difficult to defense. So, But USC makes it hard on themselves not to be able to use their quarterback as far as a running type of person with, within the, this, the, the scheme of this offense. So you've got to be able to utilize somebody else and maybe becoming more of a powerful type of back and maybe be able to use a two-back set, whether in one-back set, move more, do more crossing action to hold the back side and give to the second back rather than the first back or line up in an eye or run the full back up the middle or have the second back on the side where the uh, H-back lines up and put him in the flat and run play action pass and run leads and do different things, uh, uh, things that uh, that that you can do, uh, and I and I just not, I just never have been happy with this this form of of offense that USC is currently using because of their quarterback personnel. On they recruiting the pro type of quarterback and really not running a pro offense. All right, Coach, before I jump to our next question, I wanted to uh, give our listeners a little information about our sponsor, MyBookie.net. So I started using them last week. Go to the website, uh, MyBookie.net. Check it out. It's kind of cool. There's some cool uh, video graphics on the front page. I thought it's a slick-looking website. And uh, so I started – if you go in there, you go for free, put the promo code TROJANS, and you'll get $500 in uh, play money. So I started betting games. I, I bet three games, and I only got one of them right. So I was one for three. And I bet a hundred bucks a game, so I was so I'm down a hundred basically in the uh, in there. So I'm going to try to build that up. We'll see, but you try it out too. I know some of the people have emailed me and said they tried it out. Uh, so it's kind of cool. So go to uh, mybookie.net promo code Trojans, or you can call eight four four seven two 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 three eight seven. There's thousands of online players. You can join them and join me. Get on there and uh, check it out. Only at mybookie.net. All right, uh, the G has a question, Coach. He said, did the scoreboard reflect improvement in all phases of the Trojan game, or was the Utah State team just uh, not as physically talented as the Trojans? And where do you think, uh, where do you see the need for further improvement to the extent you agree that there was improvement? Thank you, gentlemen. The G. Well, you know, <clears throat> uh, we, t we discussed this earlier. Uh, yeah, Utah State 
is a Mountain West Conference football team. And not that the Mountain West Conference doesn't play good football. They do. But they play at a different level. UCLA beat uh, UNLV in the Rose Bowl, another Mountain West Conference team. Mountain West Conference teams are playing who they can, uh, not just because of the matchups, but because of the payoffs. They're getting great payouts. Uh, I think Utah State got a million, too, for coming down to the Coliseum on Saturday, and they need this extra revenue to continue with their athletic programs and keep their football programs going. Do they recruit the same athletes? Uh, They recruit the same athletes, but they really get the athletes that a lot of times don't decide to go to a Stanford, a USC, a UCLA. Not that they can't compete. So it is a different level. It is a different level of competition. And for a Mountain West Conference team to beat USC is not supposed to happen. In fact, USC, I believe, was a 16.5-point favorite over uh, Utah State, and they took care of business. And that's what people expect to happen. So, uh, yes, you get better at what you do, but you got to keep practicing it. This is why... Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coughing a lot this morning. or trying to clear my throat, but we're doing this very early in the morning. You don't know we're doing it at a different time. But I thought they should have polished more towards the third and fourth quarter rather than offensively substituting and doing different things. This would be a period of time to polish to run Davis time after time after time and get the timings in the offensive line and use it as a teaching type of technique and, and, and utilize your second game to get sharper with everything you do, throwing to the tight end down the middle of the field, putting things on film that you can teach off of and people have to defense. And I didn't really see that happening in the second half when they were up 21 nothing going into the third quarter is the polish and the and the continuance of of being able to teach off your films of what you did right and what you did wrong and being sharp uh, they didn't really do that to the amount that I thought they should do that so uh yes it's a different level of competition it's hard to gauge how much better they got but remember, your objective is to get the W, and they got their W. I think they got some big points in the special teams. Uh, and uh, they've got to, you know, they spread the ball out a little bit more. Receivers ran the hard. I think all of these little things like this you've got to point out. Uh, you've got to make the great play. You've got, you've got to make the big catch. Darius Rogers, I think, is doing a great job. He's made some great plays, but to make that one big catch that he didn't, that's the things, and those are the plays you have to make to beat a Stanford. You, you can't allow that great play not to happen. It's got to happen, those type of great plays. Uh, Coach, just uh, two more. I know we, got your, uh, it's, we are doing this a little earlier, so I appreciate and I'm sorry your voice is... Uh... Having some issues this morning, but we'll do a couple more and let you go and get on your day. Peter wants to know, well, he says, thanks for the podcast. What's up with Ronald Jones? I thought he was uh, the bright light in the backfield last year, and I was looking forward to seeing him play this year, but he hasn't played much. Fight on from Peter. Well, the way I understand it on uh, 
Saturday, he was injured. He had some injured ribs, and he had five carries. So I, I really can't speak to that because I don't know. But uh, he was injured. Yeah, he was injured, coach. And that uh, it's funny during the game, uh, the the most tweets I get are, "Where's Ronald Jones? Where's Ronald Jones?" And like he'll he'll get a carry or two, and they'll ask him like, "Is he off the team? What's going on?" I'm like, yeah, he just carried the ball, but it's just. If, if he's not getting the ball every time, the fans are going crazy. And in this case, he only had five carries for eight yards before he got injured. And then he didn't come back in the game. And you were seeing Dominic Davis and all these other guys. And uh, so the fans go crazy about him. They ask about him all the time on Twitter. Well, they do because he's uh, an exciting player to, to watch uh, as far as uh, giving you the big player, the home run play. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I noticed he wasn't playing, and I think uh, that everyone assumed he was injured, okay? But uh, Justin Davis, to me, is the guy. You've got to let him have turns. You've got to let him continue to go. He's your senior running back. You can't worry about getting everybody in the game. And I, you heard me address that earlier. The rotations that are going on, you got to decide who's number one everywhere, and you got to let these guys become a unit and the pride in that unit. From the quarterback all the way down. You can't be rotating people all this time. Because everybody looks good on one play. I mean, Barnett, he looked great. I mean, when you when you look around, you gotta decide who's the guys. And you got a lot of, lot of got and you gotta let it become a unit. And and I'd really like to see a, a short yardage type of offense be developed uh, when you need uh, to grind out that two-yard gain or one-yard gain. You know, you hear people call it the 18-wheeler that Texas has or the jumbo offense or whatever you want to call. I'd really like to see, but the toughness in this, the pride developing a toughness in some unit at USC where you really call it something special, and there's a special pride in, hey, we're going to kick your butt. Uh, I want to see that but I don't want to talk about it. I want to see it physically happen. So I haven't seen that come along in this program. All right, Coach, one last one for you. I'll let you go. Robin said, just wanted to say uh, thanks for all the coverage and analysis you guys give before, during, and after the game. I live in Virginia and could not watch the Utah State game today, so I relied on your coverage. Thanks. My question is, with two players ejected in two games and then Juju getting chippy in practice during the week, does the coaching staff really have control of this team, or do they really do they really care about keeping the team disciplined? Helton said that he liked that the team was angry, but they don't have to push refs and other players, especially on their own team. Thanks again from Robin. Well, you know, uh, I don't understand when you say a team's angry. You know, uh, I, I, yeah, I'd be angry. I'd be more embarrassed than angry on my performance against Alabama. And... Uh, they're angry because they didn't win, and they're angry probably because uh, they didn't catch the ball as many times as they were supposed to, and probably cost me a, 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 so many places in the draft. Excuse me for talking like that, but there's a lot of that personal, personal thing now in college athletics, and uh, the best way to show it is by becoming a team and a unit as a coaching staff and get better. 
winning solves everything, okay? I say this all the time. Winning is the number one thing that solves everything. Team morale, coaching morale, alumni morale, administration morale, everything. So you've got to execute and you've got to be able to win. People aren't donating to the university. People aren't going to do the, or accomplish the goals they want in college unless they win. It's all come down to winning. It comes down to winning. And you've got to be structured where you are in a position to get that done. Now, I spoke at an event on Friday and I made the answer Thursday and I made this comment. There's a lot of Trojans in this room. And how come you're not wearing your USC hats today or USC sweatshirts today? Normally when I speak, people come out and they're real supportive. And it goes back to being after the Alabama game, people didn't have that pride. Well, the team is ups- upset because they're going from class to class. People asking them, what happened? Well, they're tired of hearing that. Like sometimes I get tired of answering questions when I see somebody. They ask me, well, what do you think of the team, coach? And I say, do you listen to the podcast? Please, let me tell you how to get it. I just <laughs> spoke about this. I don't know, Ryan, if you get this, oh, yeah. but I get it everywhere I go. Do you get the same thing? S- same thing, Coach, yep. Same thing. So these players get the same thing. And by the time they get around these people that they've been living with more than their own family, you know, they look at them all and say, hey, guys, what's going I mean, I'm sick of seeing you, too. <laughs> so they got to get it all together and all be on the same page to go after the same thing, and that's from coaching these kids to get them in a position to believing in what they do so that they can take the hats and put them back on. And they can be proud of who they are and not be embarrassed and be the face of the Pac-12. This is all about what USC is. So that's why they're angry. They're angry because of where they've been, what they've read, what they've listened to, and where they are currently right now before the Utah State game. Well, Coach, great stuff. Uh, It's nice to talk about a win as opposed to a loss, even though most of the questions are still kind of reflected on that. I think this week, obviously, will be a big one this weekend against Stanford to kind of see what happens there. But – Thanks again for coming on, Coach, and uh, doing a little earlier this morning and getting uh, getting all your thoughts out there on what happened with USC football. So thanks again. Hey, Ryan, thank you very much. And for everybody out there, hey, remember, it's just an opinion. It's our thoughts. We saw the same game you did. You may agree, you may not agree, but uh, thank you very much. All right. That's the Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham, publisher from uscfootball.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next week. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater.
You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 